My wife and I had just moved to England, where I would be starting seminary for the Anglican Communion, and it was time to start finding a church home in the Church of England tradition. The first Sunday, we decided to try the parish church about a block away. The service was fine, with many Anglo-Catholic liturgical elements, but one particular thing that happened made all the difference to us. I'll tell you what it was, coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. Happy Friday to you, and thanks for joining us as we seek to grow closer to the Lord together today. My name is Patrick Conley. Well, as I said, the service at this local Church of England parish was fine, but nothing too out of the ordinary. It was what happened immediately after the service that changed the trajectory of our lives. When the service ended, the British woman who was sitting in front of us, and contrary to the famous British Reserve, she turned around, smiled, and said, I don't think I've seen you two here before. Are you new? We returned her smile and admitted that, yes, indeed, this was our first time in this particular church. She welcomed us and invited us to the back for coffee and conversation where she learned about us and introduced us to a few more people. Friends, that's all it took. We were in. That Church of England parish was our home for the three years that we lived in England. And what's more, this was really our first exposure to high liturgy and liturgical elements, including vestments and kneeling and weekly communion. And honestly, if it hadn't been for those few kind words of welcome and gestures by a stranger, we may not have stayed. And we may not have been exposed to the liturgy, which came to be one of the catalysts for our later conversion to Catholicism. Now, not to be overly dramatic here, but I can honestly say that if it wasn't for the initiative of this Anglican woman, it's possible we wouldn't now be Catholic, which we are, of course, daily grateful to be. So, Sheila, if you ever hear this, thank you. Thank you for your hospitality and your warm welcome. Now to the point. Does anyone in your parish take the initiative to welcome new people? Do you? Where in your life do you find yourself offering hospitality to people unknown to you? Today on the show, we're focusing on the importance of welcoming the stranger. Let's say hello to our spiritual director for the hour, Father Sam Martin. Father Martin is a pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, Wisconsin, part of the Diocese of La Crosse. Welcome back, Father Martin. Good to be with you again. Oh, yeah, Patrick. I'm looking forward to this hour with all of our kind, faithful listeners and uh Great topic, and uh, you know, whatever, a very inspiring, uh, nice little lead story about. Maybe they picked up on your Wisconsin accent, but uh, anyway, <laughs> it whatever it be. took for her to uh, to be Christ-like and to welcome the stranger. Uh, beautiful. I mean, it's, yeah, our well, stories was... are really, uh, you know, they're just. It's great to know a little bit more about, like, well, how did you get here? Oh, well, lots of little steps, and mm-hmm. uh, there were some significant people. And uh, to know that we could be a part of that for somebody else, what an invitation. Yeah, I I completely agree. It just seemed so, uh, if I may, without offending any of our British listeners, it just seemed so uh, unusual, unprecedented for a a, a British woman, unknown to us, to just take this initiative with us. And indeed, it stuck with me. I mean, this this was a long time ago. This was back in 2005. So, 
you know, uh, 18 years ago, and and it still is sticking in my head. So what a great introduction to um, just the whole concept of welcoming the stranger. And that's what we're focusing on today, Father. So maybe we should start there about uh, what's what's so important about it. Why? Why are we—and this goes back even before the time of Christ, right? I mean, we see this even in the Old Testament, not oppressing the alien uh, in your land and welcoming the alien and the stranger— why is it so important to our Lord that we do this? Well, because we were created in His image and likeness, and so God reigns on the just and the unjust, and the whole point of our existence, why did God create me? To know, love, and serve Him in this life and be happy with Him in the next. So that takes a while for a lot of, of us to figure out. You know, like Mark Twain, he said, the two most important days of your life, the day you were born and the day you figure out why. Well, the Baltimore huh. Catechism gives us that, and so... Love is supposed to be, uh, you know, open. It's supposed to be generous. It's St. Paul lists all these uh, characteristics, which makes it sound like love's really difficult. Yes, because it's mm-hmm. the essence of God. It's the, the art of the divine. So it's patient. It's forgiving. It's, uh, it's, it doesn't put on airs. It's not quick to think of itself. And all these ways that um, we fail because we're human, but we're nevertheless invited to, to taste and see the goodness of the Lord and to follow him on this great adventure. So, uh, and of course, once Christ comes, I mean, he makes it, he does uh, amplify, he didn't come to abolish the old law, but to fulfill it. And, uh, you know, as long ago as, uh, you know, Cain and Abel, am I, am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who is my brother? Who is my neighbor? Well, the good Samaritan was the one who, you know, and uh, who was the neighbor in this story? The one who showed mercy. Oh, so go and do likewise. And so there are so many things that we are taught, and repetition being the mother of learning, that uh, you know, we might be a little slow on the uptake, but sooner or later we start to experience. And sometimes it's the way you experienced it, being on the receiving end, to see what an impact that had. It was the right thing at the right time by the right person who yeah. was a person of prayer. That doesn't happen accidentally, that it was just a random, no, God reached me through her, and I accepted the gift. And it was a seed that has grown and will until the end of my life, and to see that what an impact we can have on others. I mean, we forget, we underestimate all the time what it looks like when we live our faith with joy, and what that can do to other people. We're not always going to know that, I mean, especially in our own families and friends that Nobody ever says anything like, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels and wasting my life. Well, we all feel like that sometimes, and those are, we used to call those the demons of futility. They want you to quit because you're a threat. But uh, that there's a mandate to love is uh, it's written deep in our heart. And when we don't, we're sad, and we have to use a lot of chemicals or find a lot of artificial consolations because we're sad, and we don't like feeling that. We weren't designed for that. Well, I think, too, I, I really agree with everything that you've said there, Father. And like you said, sometimes it's it's unknown. It goes unknown, the influence that we may be having on others. But particularly, I'm, I'm thinking about in our Catholic parishes now, too, and especially if this has been our parish for a long time, maybe we, um, you know, we tend to gravitate towards those that we already know. And maybe we know a whole host of people there, but it seems to me that it's not too far beyond the pale to say that, you know, obviously the most important person there at the Mass is Jesus, and we're there to worship God through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and we get that. I, I understand that. But 
But it seems to me that maybe the next most important person that we should be on the lookout for is the person that you don't recognize. You think, I mean, because it, it doesn't seem like it's overly complicated, and yet we still shy away from that, Father. Why, why do you think it's so hard to just go up and, and say a word of welcome, even at our parishes? Well, we'd like the path of least resistance, and we're human, so we do gravitate to people that we already have a kind of a comfort, uh, you know, with. We can open up. We don't have to explain everything. And uh, so I suppose there just are missed opportunities. I don't think for most of us there's malice, but certainly, you know, uh, an omission of sorts that there's an opportunity to become holy, and I missed it. I... um, was at a conference last week, and they were talking about how people typically come into the faith and the way the Church, you know, has set up this paradigm that first there's like, well, what do Catholics believe? And, you know, so we have the order of Christian initiation of adults who will teach you about, you know, what is it in the creed that, uh, where does this come from, and, and how do you know? And by the time we get to the point of believing, then we show them our, how we behave, you know, that we, when we worship, we move a lot, you know, we stand, we kneel, we sit, we try to keep people awake that way, I suppose, but the theology <laughs> of the body, maybe, it's, it's all those different postures say something about us and about God, about the reverence that we owe God, and then finally there comes the belonging the night before Easter, and people come into the church or whenever. But that's not always the way it plays out, like the way, you know, you described Patrick, and I have a friend that, you know, he was on the parish softball team, he wasn't Catholic, his wife was, but he just, uh, you know, he liked playing softball, and inevitably they were talking about, you know, Catholicism, and it wasn't too long, he just liked these guys, he liked what they stood for, he liked the friendships that they were sharing, and he said, I think I'm going to become Catholic. So the belonging yeah. came a long time before the believing and the behaving, and I said, yeah. that's not atypical. I said, you know, when you hear these things, you think, yeah, that's how it goes. I mean, if, and so what we can be is is presence and that's why this eucharistic revival is such an opportunity the real presence of jesus so the more we grow closer to him that's going to impact influence the way we reach out to others or don't you know that mother Teresa spent a lot of time with jesus and uh, then she could go out to people that were not easy to love they were dying they had been abandoned they were broken. They were all sorts of, uh, you know, like Christ in distressing disguise, she says. And if you don't pray a lot, there ain't no way you're going to see Jesus in that person. Oh, so when we feel uncomfortable, that's okay. That's human. But it's an invitation. Like, oh, and if we are serious about our faith life, and if through our years in this world we try to grow, try to follow, try to let God do things for us that we cannot do for ourselves, we'll get better at it. And pretty soon we, uh, I was a shy, introverted kid, a lot of priests that I know are. And it's funny that, uh, paradoxical that God calls us and not the big extroverts, but maybe so we don't forget what it's like to be shy, but grace builds on nature. So anyone that seems friendly now may not have been so much, but that's the work of grace and their cooperation. So I look back to the way I was as a kid and I see, you know, that I'm not, so much that way. It's part of my job description, I suppose. So I, I try to greet it when I see somebody I don't recognize. Oh, you're new. Are you visiting? Are you just passing through? Or you hear a little bit of their story, but I can only do a little bit of that. This is really the work of the people of God, and it's right. only partially done inside the church. The rest of it has to be done out there in that territory that's uh, mission territory, what we call the world. Yes. Uh, so lots of opportunities, Patrick. 
Absolutely. We're talking about welcoming the stranger today here on The Inner Life with our spiritual director, Father Sam Martin. Would you describe your parish as a welcoming parish? If so, what makes it so? What are some of the qualities of your parish that make it welcoming? And are people taking the initiative? Do you take the initiative? Or perhaps you're like me. You've received that welcome sometime, and it's made a huge difference in your life. Give us a call. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you on our toll-free studio line, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. You can also send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. I want to hear how people are welcoming others in their parishes, yes, um, but maybe it's in their homes, in their workplace, in their schools, wherever it is that you're pr- providing this welcome to people unknown to you. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Father, I'm uh, I'm one of the things that you said there. You know, it kind of brings up to me the kind of the golden rule of uh, well, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? And certainly, I think we all know the feeling of being in a crowd of people where it seems like everybody else knows each other and we're the odd one out. And I have definitely had those opportunities where, you know, or I've had those those chances, those events in my life where I've been there and nobody has reached out to me. And uh, maybe it's worth just taking a moment to talk about that and talk about the way that we can feel, um, we can feel like we're pushed to the, we're ostracized, even if uh, that's not an intentional thing on behalf of others. Yeah, I think there once again the, the work of our spiritual life that we develop a, a sensitivity that you know we don't welcome people. In I mean, some people are are quiet; they don't want a lot of attention. But everybody wants a little. It's hard to find the right balance. So, if you're talking to ten people at once, and then oh, what's your name? Come on in. The sort of where are you from? How are you? I mean, that'd just be like if I were you know in, introduced like that. Be, well, I, I'm not comfortable with this, <laughs> everybody all at once. So. And, and yet, so there could be those quiet ways, and that's where each of us will have our own style, and it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's just a way of, um, you know, trying to be kind without being nosy, uh, being, you know, welcoming without being, you know, overwhelming, and that's, you know, more of an art than a science. But I do think that, uh, you know, it's just an opportunity. And I really think that if we were, you know, growing closer to the Lord, this is what the Church, I mean, She's Christ's bride, and there's a reason, there's an intention behind this whole Eucharistic revival is that we're coming out of a time where people have been isolated. They felt more than ever disassociated with their fellow man, and that means also with God. This is a great opportunity to really be warm, charitable. Jesus had a way that, I mean, he just drew people to himself. Controversy and all, it wasn't just that he could, well, it was nice that he could, you know, the loaves and the fish and and turning water into wine. Those are, I'm sure there were people that were hanging on for that. Like, man, I can't wait to sure. the next beer. But right. <laughs> uh, but there were others that were drawn to him as a person. They didn't yet know that he was a divine person, but they knew that he was charitable, that he was a loving, you know, kind. He come and meet a man that knows everything about me and, and loves me. I mean, this is the woman at the well, and so she becomes now an evangelist, a person that go and make of all disciples. It, Otherwise, I mean, our parishes only grow when we steal some other parishes, uh, you know, parishioners. Uh, they're just poaching a few here, a few there. And, no, we're supposed to go out and, and convince the world that knowing Jesus is the best way to get to know yourself and others. And the more you let him love you and change you and transform you, the more you're able to do that. So uh, I, I do think that intentionally the Holy Spirit wants us to, you know, spend time in adoration. A lot of places today, First Friday... 
tomorrow, first Saturday, there are a lot of opportunities to say, I want to have a heart that is welcoming, warm, authentic, not contrived, like here's how you welcome people. Uh, no, that, there's not a, uh, an equation or a formula necessarily that is always and everywhere going to work, but do it the way you do it. And yeah. the quiet way, the, the sincere way that you do. And um, I mean, the, the ushers, you know, what they used to call ushers, uh, the ministers of hospitality, they are supposed to, you know, but everyone in church, yes. in any community for that matter, uh, and it's work. It isn't easy. Uh, you know, you, you put yourself out there. What if, I mean, it's being a little vulnerable. Yes. But there are a lot of times where we don't know each other's story. And if we did, I think it's just edifying. It's inspiring. I mean, to know, I mean, here as a guy leading a, you know, relevant radio, you know, spiritual direction show, who was moved by a kind lady a long time ago who wasn't even Catholic. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So that makes it seem like life isn't so random. That yeah. God is always working, you know? I mean, even in the little things, the Lord is, uh, without compromising anyone's free will, God is working. And that's an encouraging uh, reality that, um, you know, we're all better for knowing it. Yeah, amen. Let's take a phone call, Father. We've got Adam, who's calling in from right here in Wisconsin. Adam, welcome to the program. Thanks for calling in. Hi, thank you. Uh, morning. Good morning. Morning. I, I was just calling because uh, this conversation about being welcoming reminds me six years ago when uh, we were at visiting a parish in Marshfield, Wisconsin, and Father Martin is the, the pastor, and at the end of church we're walking out, and Father Martin asks us where we're from. He doesn't recognize us, so it's, he's uh, you know doing that interaction to a stranger he doesn't know. And we say, well, we're from just up up the road 10 miles away. And he said, oh, you're from there. We, I guess we let everyone in now these days. And it was just a, <laughs> a, a, nice, a nice joke. And uh, I just still remember that interaction six years from, from that day. So that, it was a, a nice icebreaker. And I thought, here's Father Martin talking about it. He, he lives and breathes it. And so I just wanted to bring that up. That's all I wanted to say. If you're from 10 miles north, you must be around Stratford, Adam. And um, hey. <laughs> That's right. That's very kind of you to call in because uh, the thing about our lives is that we do wonder, that, you know, I mean, what impact does it have? Like the lady that Patrick has described, uh, did you say her name was Wendy, I think, anyway? Sheila, yeah. Sheila, okay. Well, yep. she won't know that probably until she gets home someday. But it, at the same time, it does... Um, encourage all of us that, uh, you know, in a, in a kind smile, uh, you know, a little joke, a sense of humor, the warmth. Um, I remember, you know, a long time ago, this is uh, how these things go. One thing, one memory, you know, touches another one, and pretty soon we find a whole bunch of, uh, you know, evidence that God is working. And I was uh, in, I think I must have been in my third year in the seminary. I was traveling with a friend outside Italy. We just had a day off. We are taking the train, and then we... Uh, and there's this mom and her little girl, and uh, we were just dressed Borghese, right? You know, blue jeans and a sweatshirt or whatever. We weren't dressed like seminarians, but the, they were very friendly. And they said, are you guys, are you in the seminary? And the mom did all the talking. This little 10-year-old girl was just looking up, and I can still remember her smile, that little girl. Huh. I mean, it was like one of these things where it was admiration, it was innocence, it was wonder. I've often thought, you know, 
was that the Blessed Virgin Mary as a little girl just mm-hmm. looking at me saying that if you become a priest, I will be your mother in a special way. I will watch over you. I'm proud of you. And anyway, I just there are people that you meet that you'll never meet again, but you, you carry them. That that was an encounter with God. And that's the goal is that someday we can see God in everybody. But every now and again, it's really easy. Uh, you know, in, in some particular occasion, we're just maybe we're more sensitive, more aware, or they're more convincing, compelling. I don't know, but it, it may be both. But Adam, it's a nice thing that you've done, and uh, you're the first to have uh, done anything like that in a while, at least in my life. So thanks, Adam, that you made my day. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Yes, thanks for the phone call, Adam. Appreciate you giving a good testimony about Father Martin, who is our spiritual director today. We're talking about welcoming the stranger. So if you have a story about how you have been welcomed or how you go out of your way to welcome those you don't recognize at your parish, at your work, you get to know them and give them a welcome, maybe the welcome of Christ himself. Give us a call at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take our first break, but we'll be back with more of The Inner Life right after this. Today, we'd like to thank Steve, who is listening in Wisconsin, for donating his 1981 Kawasaki motorcycle. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles, trucks, boats, and RVs by visiting RelevantRadio.com car. That's RelevantRadio.com car. Maybe there is more than meets the Yeah, there it is. Maybe we are entertaining angels unaware. That's what Hebrews tells us. And we are talking about welcoming the stranger today here on The Inner Life. And hey, just uh, as a reminder, it's not too late to be part of the Novena for the Holy Souls that are going on November 2nd. So that's yesterday through the 10th. And we're going to be praying for the souls of your loved ones at Daily Mass at the Livestream Divine Mercy Chaplet and the Family Rosary Across America. Check it out at RelevantRadio.com slash souls. Our spiritual director today is Father Sam Martin, and we are talking about, again, welcoming the stranger. So if you have a story about how you received welcome or how you didn't receive welcome, we'd love to hear from you and get some ideas about how we can be more welcoming to the stranger. 888-914-9149. Let's go to Richard calling in from Mesa, Arizona. Good morning, Richard. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Um, I was born a Catholic, and uh, when I was in high school, I became a Mormon for 30 years. And while I was in in a church, I felt welcome because when I walked in the church, I was welcomed by a lot of people, okay? Uh, But I never felt at home. When I left the church and came back to the Catholic Church, it was the complete opposite. Um, Mm -hmm. I would sit in the same seat Every every Sunday, uh, the same people would sit right in the same in my area, and not one of them came to me and shook my hand and asked for my name. Not one of them. And uh, I've been going to St. Anne's for about eleven years now. I know th- I mean I know three people. Yeah, and that's uh, unfortunately not completely atypical, Richard, and uh, I'm glad that you're still going. Uh, 
the most important relationship is that friendship that you share with the Lord, but it also, you know, where that is real, where that is supposed to be extended, that uh, the vertical relationship between our God and, and his people, you and me, is supposed to then be become a horizontal relationship. And Jesus just last weekend in the gospel, the two great commandments. So we need them both. It's not an either-or proposition. And um, and I don't know how you explain that. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there'd be many things that one could conjecture as to why. But maybe then, you know, we make it our own prayer that, Lord, may help me to be a catalyst if, if you want to make that change in this group of people. Sometimes we just get into a rut, a routine. We don't see anybody. It's like, you know, we just go through the motions, and that can happen in worship, too, where, you know, it's like the Pharisees. They were really good with the externals, but Jesus keeps pointing out that you guys won't let me into your hearts. You just, you know, all this stuff is just, it's a practice. It makes you look good, but it's not really making you become good, which is a much more vulnerable and more difficult situation. So um, I just wrote a bulletin article this weekend. It was like, you know, that the idea of being friendly but not welcoming because there's also that like people are friendly enough on the surface but if you want to become more involved or they feel threatened or and that's a human tendency that's not just our parish that's every parish but just to kind of come to jesus sort of like you know we're always uh, change is not easy for us and uh for whatever reason richard they just they have not opened their hearts in an obvious way to you and uh but Maybe, please, God, we'll just pray that, well, Lord, you know, this is where um, St. John of the Cross, he was a Carmelite, and he said, where there is no love, put love, and you will draw out love. So, and that's what he did, and uh, you know, but you really have to get close to the Lord, because when a situation is, if not hostile, at least not warm, it's hard for us to, like, you know, be vulnerable in that way. So, we are going to pray for you, Richard, and I'm glad that you shared because that's an important reality, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes people go to a parish and they, they never go back because I say, well, they could be having a bad day or maybe it's a bad year or a bad decade, but uh, the key, again, is Jesus. I mean, he's a, a furnace of charity, and charity is uh, it's a, a joyful affirmation. It's it's the hope that does not disappoint. It's it's the sort of, uh, of willingness to reach out, even if it's not received in the spirit that it's given. But, Richard, don't give up. I know you're not going to. You've been going that long. And um, we will pray that uh, the grace is given, and hopefully with the, the people there that it's received so that it can be a... We're supposed to have a foretaste of the things of heaven, right? So, But at the Apostolic College, if that's any, uh, you know, uh, anecdotal evidence, that they didn't always get along very well either, we know, and... Um, and yet the Lord called them together, and he said that uh, he would send the Holy Spirit to remind them, and the Holy Spirit is the one who is that fire of love that uh, brings unity, and that's what we're praying for. Right, right. Richard, I too am sorry that uh, that's been your experience, but I, I'm glad that you called in. I'm glad that you were on the air, because it does remind us all about the experience that people can have if they're not in if they're not welcomed in a specific parish or if they don't receive that welcome and and how that can be painful so i appreciate that and maybe who knows richard maybe god has planted you there in that parish to be the catalyst for transforming it and to become welcoming since you know what it feels like not to be welcomed so god bless you richard our prayers are with you thanks for calling in 
Let's go now to Rod calling in from Orlando, Florida. Rod, thanks for calling the Inner Life. Welcome. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Father Sam. Uh, we are, yeah, uh, my wife and I, my wife Claudia and I, we, she always taught me and she always teaches to see Jesus in every person that we meet. And if we see Jesus in every person, how, how can we not welcome them? Hmm. So that, that's the way we do it. And that's, I mean, that's the most foolproof way of all. If you can do that, and, uh, and, but it does take a lot of prayer sometimes and, uh, you know, a certain amount of humility that sometimes we just don't see Jesus. And that's where, you know, break my heart, Lord, in a way that allows more light and stretch me, you know, for greater glory. Help me to, you know, that's St. Francis of Assisi, a towering saint, but he couldn't see Jesus and people with leprosy. And he prayed. It took him a long time. Uh, but one day he finally was able, you know, that he asked for the grace. And God is, uh, he said, if you knock, the door will be open. If you ask, you shall receive. Well, when, how, I guess, well, when we're ready, right? And then, Rod, then we can see the Lord. And and if if we've already been asking for that grace, then we know the person, the divine person, Jesus, who's giving it. And so seeing him and in, in his people, uh, today's feast is St. Martin de Porus, and they said that was, a singular grace that he had is that he could really love Jesus and his fellow man. He could just see he had such a beautiful heart. And, uh, you know, all these years later, I mean, it's four centuries since he lived, and we're still talking about him. Mm-hmm. Because, well, I mean, it's a, not everybody has that sort of grace, so we certainly celebrate it when we find it. And we're still touched by it, moved by it. It still has an impact. That's where people think, well, how can I leave a legacy if I you know, donate a lot of money, or if I build a lot of things, the best legacy is just become holy, you know? I mean, that'll be, that go on to eternity, and it'll be, you know, in this world, uh, we still, you know, we we celebrate the saints because they remind us of what God put in us, too. So, Rod, you and your wife, she's a good teacher, and uh, (laughs) I'm glad that uh, you're a good student, and now we all are better for you having uh, called in today. Oh, man. Great reminder, Rod. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you being on the program. Let's now go to Sister Lillian calling in from St. Louis, Missouri. Sister, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. And I just wanted to say, you know, we receive more than we give. And for the homeless people on the road, I usually ask their name and tell them I'll pray for them. You know, after I give them maybe a dollar. Well, one day I rolled down my window. It was a misty, kind of rainy day. This lady had a sign, uh, a little bit would help, you know. So she came to my window, and I gave her probably a dollar, and I asked her her name. And I didn't ask her her name. I just said, uh, I'll, I'll, God bless you, and I'll pray for you. And she started walking to the back of my car. She said, thank you, and started working to the back of my car. And she quickly turned back around and came and said, if you're going to pray for me, my name is Mary. And I said, oh, you got a beautiful name. And she smiled from ear to ear, didn't hardly have any teeth. But that smile has stayed with me all this time. And I remember her so well. And so we never know who we're going to touch, you know, like that. And so. Uh, and they always say thank you whenever I tell them I'll pray for them, you know. So it just doesn't, it, it, it's, it's, like I said, you receive more than you give. 
and that's the the paradox of love and sister that what a beautiful story you know i can see the smile and i can feel your warmth and how moved you were by it and uh so many times we um that's the paradox of mother teresa you know, i've discovered the paradox if you love until it hurts well there is no hurt only more love and uh my dad uh, he was always you know he just thought we should pick up back this you know as years ago you'd pick up people that were hitchhiking and uh uh, we had some interesting characters along the way, but, you know, you kind of, you know, you just are affected by your parents. So I remember one time I was stopping to pick up a guy, and I explained to him that, you know, it's just a little dangerous these days. We, a lot of us are reluctant to do it. And you ever think about that? He's like, well, Father, you ever think about it? it's dangerous for us, too? We never know who's going to stop. Ah, oh, yeah, never thought of it that way. And uh, we had a nice chat and uh, gave him a ride for a little ways. I couldn't get him everywhere, uh, all the way to his final destination. But, um, Sister, you're right. I mean, if we were willing, we're like a turtle. we got to stay in that shell because it's safe. Why don't you come out and see the sunshine and uh, go for a little walk? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to stay here because I, I just I don't want to take any risks. Well, love is a risky thing, but it's... Anyone that's ever really engaged it, and our Lord, it cost him his life to love his people, but he said that, uh, now I give you a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. So I think that uh, if we're not so welcoming to strangers, maybe we haven't let God really love us. Maybe we don't really believe in his love for us and haven't experienced it. And But once we do, then we're going to become like Sister Lillian, you know, like we can do something for someone and we're going to receive more. That smile is enough. It can carry us for years because it reminds us of the the unity of the human family, that sister's not going to meet that Lady Mary again until eternity. But right. when they meet, there's going to be a joy and a gratitude that you helped me. <laughs> you helped me. And anyway, we were both better for it. Yeah. It was a, a foretaste of the communion that we share here now uh, in God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Sister Lillian, thank you so much for the call. Thank you for the testimony. And it's just, it is, it's a great thing. And we were talking about St. Martin de Porres being known for his care of the stranger, of those who are ailing as well. So thank you. Great way of welcoming the stranger as well to turn those to those who are maybe more obviously in need. We're all in need, right? But uh, maybe to turn to those who are more obviously in need and welcome them and give them the the smile that is worthy of, uh, that someone who has created in the image and likeness of God is worthy of receiving. So thanks for the call, Sister Leland. Let's take uh, one more call before we need to go to a break. Joe is calling in from Arizona. Joe, welcome. Thanks for calling in. Hi there. Uh, in uh, doing uh, the role of usher, um, you know, I, I believe we are the, some of the chief engagement uh, officers for our parish. Hmm. You know, I, I believe we need to be able to, the parish I am at, there's a lot of elderly people and, you know, customer service, doing uh, the customer service thing and for people, greeting them, uh, you know, uh, picking families for uh, or people for bringing up the gifts. I've had people say, oh, I, you know, I've, I've never... Uh, I don't even belong to come here all the time, or I'm just I'm not a member of the parish. No, we want you to bring them up. And people have become members of the uh, parish as a result of it. But I'll tell you also, uh, I can say that 
knowing, you know, listening to relevant radio and the various shows, because in my job, I have a lot of windshield time. I, uh, I've learned a lot more about our faith that when somebody kind of asks us a question about, oh, I, I can't, I missed church last week. I can't, you know, cause I was sick in bed. I can't make it. I said, well, take a look, examine your conscience. You know, you may be able to go to communion because you were sick, you know, just having some little things or, yeah, let's see if Father can come out and give you confession so you can get to communion today. Mm. Those are how I think that we play a role, and we all, regardless of whether we're ushers or not, we all play a role in engaging people, and that's how we're going to get our church, you know, back together and everything. Mm. These are, you know, really very, very beautiful insights, Joe, and uh, I like, I mean, chief engagement officer. Maybe we'll get some pins uh, for the guys to wear. Men and women, you know, the uh, officers, ministers of uh, hospitality. And the friendliness, uh, I was thinking about there was a, a supermarket chain here that uh, one was failing and the other one was flourishing, and it really came down to customer service. I mean, the one was just really friendly, and they were kind. They weren't in your face and obnoxious about it, but they were, you know, genuine, and it made a difference, and people preferred that kind of service. So just like that, the one is, uh, you know, still here and the other one is gone now. And so, and I think too, Joe, what you mentioned about, um, you know, understanding our faith brings with it a kind of a quiet confidence uh, that we're, you know, we don't know everything. None of us do, but we feel that what we know is a gift. And why when I share it, I, and there's a joy in sharing our faith and we feel like we're making a difference. That's the way God made us. That, he could have saved us all by himself. He didn't need any help, but he, he's such a thoughtful God that he thought, well, if I let them be a part of it, that'll be, bring a joy to them as they live in this valley of tears. They'll say, not only what I believe, but when I share what I believe, it's not always received so well. Some people say you could you know, jump in a lake, but other people, they say, well, we'd like to hear more. We'd like to know, give us reasons for your hope. That's what St. Peter wrote. So, Joe, thanks. Uh, you know, in one fell swoop, uh, you give us a good summary of what it means to be, you know, uh, hospitable when you're a, an usher in a parish, yeah. and uh, the role that relevant radio can play in terms of you know, all of us. Uh, the more we know, the more we can love. And loving is a way of healing the world and helping people. So when the Lord comes someday, they'll recognize him and say, oh, you, I know you, I've heard about you, and I was just learning to praise and worship you. And I, if you give me a choice, Lord, I want to spend eternity with you. Well, good. That's our goal. That's our role is to help people to be ready uh, for that encounter, which, you know, uh, we want to start today. Um, you know, that whole bringing Christ to the world through the media thing that we're about here at Relevant Radio, it doesn't work unless the, our Relevant Radio family carries that out. And Joe, I'm grateful that you are doing just that. So thanks for the call. We're talking about welcoming the stranger with Father Sam Martin today. If you have a way in which you have learned to be welcoming, give us a call at 888-914-9149. More of your calls and emails right after this. Stay with us. You can support Relevant Radio in many ways. Joining a giving society, donating a vehicle you don't need anymore, and now donating a piece of land or other real estate. Donate now at RelevantRadio.com property. 
Welcome back to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engeser taking your phone calls today. Hey, have you watched the latest Eucharistic Encounter video with Father Rocky? Man, you want to check it out. One of my favorite saints. In fact, he's my birthday patron. His feast day is on my birthday. St. Damien of Molokai. little story about there. Answering the question, what is the glory of the Catholic Church? Check it out and all the Eucharistic Encounter videos at relevantradio.com slash encounter. Again, relevantradio.com slash encounter. Father Sam Martin is leading us through this discussion on welcoming the stranger. We had a great number of calls and emails coming in. So if you're on the line, please be patient. We'll see if get as many people on as we can. I want to start with an email um, from Daniel who writes, about seven years ago, I was a newly single father to my five-year-old and brand new to the area, probably third or fourth, fourth week at a new parish, and my daughter was really throwing a fit. Did my best to calm her down, didn't want to leave mass. I prayed for help in this situation. Within seconds, a lady sitting in the front pew came back and sat on the other side of my daughter until the end of mass. She stayed calm all the way through, hugged the lady afterward. I thanked the lady but never got her name. He says, this is one of the quickest and clearest answers to prayer we've ever received, and it's something I'll always remember. I just think that's a fantastic story about how God moved in the heart of this woman to be welcoming to uh, to a new father. Yeah, it takes, uh, you know, on her part, some courage, too, just yeah. to reach out and, uh, you know, but, you know, women that have those motherly instincts, especially if she'd already been a mother herself, they just have such a skill set that, I mean, I'd welcome any help I could get if I were a father, especially when you're by yourself and trying to, you know, uh, handle a a fussy child or whatever. So I think I see that many times uh, in a parish that, once again, I mean, not to, you know, to always say that this is the antidote, but it seems to be that the people that are closer to the Lord just have a better sensitivity. Their timing is better. They are more aware of things, that this person is having a tough time, and maybe we could just uh, make a little intervention. Are you okay? Is everything fine? I mean, oh, yeah, thank you. But just that you asked means that somebody noticed me or whatever. Uh, no one's going to bat a 1,000. I mean, But the saints will hit a higher batting average in terms of, of the right thing at the right time because... The Lord said that he would help us. He said that you're going to be put in situations where you're not going to know what to say or do. Don't worry. Send the Holy Spirit. He'll uh, give you everything that you need. So we just have to be aware of the Lord and and live the life that he's taught us, and we'll be able to do those sorts of things. So that's a beautiful, uh, just a simple thing that she probably didn't give it a second thought. But it made his day, and it was an affirmation that God, he knows that we're in over our head, and he cares. Yeah. And he wants to help us. Right. Throw a rope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, it was seven years ago. So what an impression that made just seven years ago. Daniel, thank you for the email. really appreciate that. Let's go to Mark calling in from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mark, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Father Martin. Good morning. Hey, Father morning. Martin, this is Mark from Wisconsin. Um, you married my wife, Kitty, and I last year in La Crosse. <laughs> Small world, yes. I recognize your voice. Well, you guys are a sweet couple, and I, I know I just saw you a month ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I've got a, just a quick story um, being the recipient of welcoming. Um, last week I went to pray at a parish I normally don't go to. It's about 30, 40 minutes from my house. 
and I saw an invitation for a men's group for um, a men's group concerning this program calling Healing the Whole Person, um, uh, video led by Sister Miriam. And um, I went through this group. I, you know, I didn't know anyone in this group. And part of this curriculum in this small group format is to like watch this video to lead um, or let the Holy Spirit lead you and this healing. And what the welcoming I felt so peaceful and welcomed by this group is that immediately they said, you know, part of this is to go into Eucharistic adoration um, mm. to talk to Jesus, the divine physician, for all your ailments and your and your hurts. And um, it, it kind of reminded me, of, you know, the musical reference, but, you know, to love another person is to see the face of God. It just kind of struck me that these men were just really encouraging me to um, see the face of God in, in adoration. And um, I just think to love another person is to really invite them to um, get to know their best friend and the, the lover of their soul being Jesus. So anyway, that's my quick story. Mm. I'm being welcomed. And that's a fantastic story. And that's where, you know, I can just hear other, you know, speakers about, you know, the importance of uh, spiritual men, spiritual fathers, uh, you know, real uh, discipleship that, um, you know, so many churches, uh, we see a lot of the women that are, you know, being faithful and growing, but where are the men? Where are the and for us as men, we we need to be vulnerable, you know, with the Lord and with each other, and uh, and encouraging. And uh, so these guys are, I mean, a real uh, fraternal bond that forms. And this is what Jesus had in mind when he founded the church. I mean, he, if it weren't for the women, that you know, we'd be lost. But he also chose the men very intentionally, probably because we have this. Uh, I don't know if there, our courage was damaged by original sin or our spiritual leadership, the, the desire to really kind of, you know, lead by example. or I think maybe more than anything that there's a fear that we find threatening, and fear is, uh, you know, perfect love casts out fear, so these guys are right, Mark, you know, that Jesus is perfect love, so you take your fear there, and all we need to do is just be aware of our fear, to be able to artic- articulate it, to name it, and uh, we all have it, <laughs> you know, it's in every one of us, and uh, we do things to try to make it go away, and a lot of those are unhelpful, and some of those become actually quite harmful. So, uh, but this is um, this is precisely what the Lord wants: is that uh, He wants to build a family, and uh, men and women, fathers and mothers and children, all of us, we all have our part to play. And uh, these guys, they weren't just telling you to do something that, that, that they weren't doing themselves. Otherwise, they never would have given that advice. You, know, you, mm, good point. you don't say, hey, go to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel unless you've been there a few times and know where it is, because that's helpful. Like, well, where is that again? I don't know. I, I don't know that we have one. But uh, no, they, right. you can't give you know, advice that you haven't lived yourself. And that's what they used to say, that you can't go to a place in another person's heart that you've been unwilling to go in your own heart. Mm. Oh, so I got to be vulnerable. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll come back next week. We'll talk about it. I'm not ready for this right now. Uh, thanks, Mark, for calling. God bless you and Katie. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for calling in. Let's t- go now to Leslie calling in from Aurora, Colorado. Good morning, Leslie. Thanks for calling in. Well, thank you. Good morning to you, too. Um, I'm a new convert, so many of the prayers are new for me. And um, so one of the ones that I say of a morning before going to Mass is the little guardian angel prayer, which evidently they teach to children. But I say it every day. And after I say it, I say, thank you for watching over me yesterday. And please greet everyone whom we come in contact with. And I just, I just sailed 
through life. <laughs> Everybody mm-hmm. smiles at me and I smile back. It's just lovely. That's beautiful, Leslie. You know that um, we only get older on the outside, but we're supposed to be kids underneath. And the guardian angels are all kids, I guess, in a way. You know, there's an innocence about uh, you know, when you see God face to face, there's a joy. And uh, I pray that prayer. Lots of people, I mean, I, we were taught to pray it, you know, before we go to bed, and they kind of watch out for us and, and protect us always. And someday we'll meet our guardian angel. And I think that um, there are lots of theories about how kids could see their guardian angels, and a lot of kids have imaginary friends. I had one until I was about 30. Uh, I think it was a little younger than that. But uh, maybe we were talking to our guardian angels. How would we know? I, I, you can't prove these things, but that God would so love the world and send his son, but also to provide a host of, of these great uh, creatures that he made to give him glory, but to protect his children, to help us in this life so that we could be prepared to live with him in heaven. And Leslie, uh, Converse, you have such a gift. You come with the enthusiasm, you come with gratitude. And that reminds us, some of us who we get a little jaded, I suppose. We, well, I've been li- living this, I've been believing this. Uh, well, you are a gift, and uh, we thank God for all of our converts and uh, how that helps us. You know, we're all in it. We come when we're ready at our own time and our own way. Uh, Patrick here hosting the show, he's a convert, and yep. uh, a lot of them out there that are listening and say, and Relevant Radio has probably had a big impact for a lot of people, too, mm-hmm. because of uh, what you just did, Leslie. When, pe- when we share our stories and how God is working in our life, that. It's probably one of the most impactful things we can do because other people are listening. Huh. Well, he's working in my life, too. Not exactly like that, but let me tell you my story. Beautiful. That's how the body of Christ grows and uh, begins to extend to more and more of those who are living on the periphery of this world. I think that's fantastic. I know that C.S. Lewis said something along the lines of "next to the Blessed Sacrament." So now, of course, he wasn't—he wasn't Catholic. Uh, there's controversy about whether or not he was going to become Catholic. But um, next to the Blessed Sacrament itself, your neighbor is the most holy thing you will see with your two eyes. And I think if we went around our lives with that kind of mentality, what a different world it would be. Wow. What a great conversation we've had today, Father, um, and great calls. My apologies to those who couldn't, we couldn't get on the air. Great emails as well. Thank you all for contacting Inner Life today and being so welcoming here. Pray that you would find a welcome every, every day here on the Inner Life. Father, as we go out to be welcoming to others, we could really use a blessing from you if you would, please. May Almighty God give you the heart of his Son, a heart that is loving and kind and forgiving and patient and always present to his people. May God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's Father Sam Martin. He has been our spiritual director on talking about welcoming the stranger. If you want to hear it again or share it with others, go to relevantradio.com slash inner life and you can find it all there. Well, with the weekend upon us, we're looking ahead to next week. And next Monday, we're going to be talking about humility, something I could use more of, and maybe you could too. Join us with Father Rob Kroll, who's going to be our spiritual director that day. Coming up next, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant Father Matthew Seminar, and then a little Faith Explained with Cale Clark. Have a great weekend. Until next time, grace and peace.